Ladies and gentlemen, welcome out, Mr. Jason B. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your part of the world. This is Good Vibes with Jason B. Welcome to another good edition of Podcasting with Jason B. So let's get today started out with uh, last night was a little bit of a rough night. I stayed up pretty damn late reading and working on a lot of different things, but we're going to get hammered down. Last night I made an episode is very abstract for me. I was thinking just off the mind, off the hook, whatever you want to call it. And I was definitely feeling and vibing a certain way. And that's one of the things about Good Vibes of Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. We're not here just to make a self-development or encouraging episode. Sometimes I just like to get abstract. I like to just think off the hook. I like to express myself and I don't hold back. Now I'm much different from uh, many other podcasters, but then sometimes the same. And then one of the things that I really enjoy about me podcasting is I can express myself in any means I see fit. Now there's definitely uh, some constraints of what you can say, what you can't say. And especially here on Anchor, it is a free app and take advantage for what it is. If you have a complaint about the process of Anchor, you know, take a step back, look at what is being provided to you. You know, there's definitely been a lot of changes since I started in 2.0. And I appreciate the material. I have been working feverishly on my website. I've been working on recording through GarageBand. I'm learning a lot of lessons, definitely. So GarageBand. So we're going to go into discussing that in just a little bit here. So stay tuned for the meat of this episode. This is Variety Episode 34. Now, to a lot of you who are brand new listeners, you haven't heard my material before, and you have a wide variety of episodes and topics to listen to. Everyone always has a different perspective and doesn't mean that you should bash or you should discount their their what they produce here on the airways of podcasting. Um, that's really what I'm here to talk about pretty much on this first segment. Um, I've heard quite a few reviews from people who have said that they don't want to continue with uh, podcasting, recording, audio recording, because they feel like they're going to get a bigger audience and more exposure through um, YouTube. And that's fine for them. And um, I'm just not one of those people yet. I'm not I'm not ready for the production of video. I just I've thought about it. I've molded over. I would love to um, go with that. Uh, for me, I just feel like my setup, my studio is not ready for, uh, video recording or vlogging as they call it. And, you know, I'm taking it one step at a time, one motion at a time. Um, I'm definitely working on myself, working on self-development and I'm connecting with a lot of different people and a lot of different podcasters and groups. And that's what you got to understand is, is like when you're podcasting, Nothing has to be perfect. I mean, sometimes we want to get the audio just right. We want to add in the little sounds, the bombs, the drops, whatever, 
the crash, but it's all a learning process. And you just have to understand that with podcasting, nothing is perfect. And if you're expecting to make lots of money right off the bat, you're sorely mistaken, unless you have such a good talent and have such good content that people just cannot ignore. Um, for the most part, we got to take it for what it is. So, um, I've been approached by a couple of different organizations to be an influencer. And I never thought that my personal personality would be an influencer, but I'm on the airways. I'm talking, I'm speaking. I got some time. Sometimes I only have 10, 10 listeners. Other times I'll have 40 listeners. Sometimes I have 300 listeners. It just really depends on that particular episode that I'm producing. And I totally appreciate everything and every opportunity that I have. So, you know, I just wanted to really speak about that first and foremost. Um, right now, currently, I'm learning about sampling. Um, I got to thank uh, Dwan and Only for, you know, his example on his station. He samples a lot. And PDE, they sample a lot. He samples a lot for his rapping, and I totally appreciate that. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyhow, it's taking that time to make it your creation. And there are going to be organizations that are going to benefit you, benefit off of you. Like I have been working on my own RSS feed. Um, an RSS feed is, it's kind of like a, an independent source of where the audio or video comes from. Um, it can be delivered to any platform and, you know, people have definitely described that the anchor platform is ta definitely taken advantage of, and they kind of have oversight on your material. But I was really looking into the legal aspect of this. Now, you you may have agreed to terms with how the operation works, and the rights that actually go to your material may be principally owned by Anchor, but there is a caveat to all of that. The caveat is, is you as the creator, the producer, own exclusive rights to the actual material that is produced because it is coming from your mind and not Anchor. Anchor owns the delivery rights. So, you know, I, as I was learning and reading about the user rights, there, there's some very lucid terms and their legal department in partnership with Spotify you know, supposedly own the exclusive exclusivity of your material because it is produced on Anchor, but the actual creator's content, like the actual words you're saying, um, the meat of your idea is coming from you and they do not own that part. They just own the delivery rights. And if it's produced on Anchor, they can they can deliver it on any platform and gain monetarily without your consent. However, there always is a loophole. There's always, and if you're really interested in the exclusive airway and recording rights, you've got to go through uh, several different um, agencies um, in government, especially here in the United States. Um, what is it? The FCC, um, they have strict, uh, user and, uh, airwave rights. Like you can't insinuate a riot or violence. That's one of the things. So like when we say we have freedom of speech, it's more like a liberty of speech, but that does not mean that you can't express your feelings. 
I've seen lately a lot on the airways and in social media that there have been certain public figures who have been banned on certain social medias because it objectifies what maybe the masses agree to, what they believe in. Um, who was it? Uh, was it Louis Farrakhan, I think? Uh, you know, leader of the uh, American African-American uh, Muslim movement. Um, and there's a couple others that, you know, they have really ob objective ways of expressing themselves. I respect what they say. I may not agree with what they say, but they have a voice. But where does the line, you know, to be drawn in the sand? The line is, is like, you can express yourself, you can speak what you believe, but if you're actually causing people um, to cause harm onto another person that would be breaking the law that would be definitely making a difference where your voice shouldn't be heard so you know it's a really fine line and it's not so much freedom of speech anymore it, it really is a liberty i mean look at the president donald trump is like he's always on the twit on twitter and he's always in the limelight every single day the man is acting like a caged rat in my, in my opinion he's um using diversionary tactics and he's getting away with saying so much but because we have the constitution that protects the president and the average american of what they can say and what they can't say he gets away with a lot now the problem with him is he doesn't do a lot of checking of fact checking of what he says. He just goes off of what he hears off TV, Fox News, so on and so forth. How do I know that? He's even claimed it at times. You know, he'll even say that um, at his time he won't he won't start the workday until he's ready. So that's really different. And um, you know, the office of the presidency is something else, but you know, I don't want to totally get off topic. I want to get right back on topic and I'm sorry. Sometimes I get that way. So I was definitely looking into, um, user rights, uh, the constitutionality of what we say on the airways and does an organization, whether it's unpaid for or paid for, what is their right to be able to stop and agree to what we have to say when it comes to production? A lot of people are, are learning more and more and the podcasting movement has grown such to a large scale. There's hundreds of thousands of podcasters around the world, if not millions. So it's really kind of like a, a wild west, I guess you could say. And one of the things that I'm definitely noticing is it doesn't matter what a government thinks or says. Um, there's always a way to produce material and they can only nullify your material to an extent. So, um, communication has been broadened in a global scale and we got to understand that. So when we go bitching about like, say like anchor and what they're doing and how they change things, I'm going to admit my listenership has dropped off when they made several different changes in the last six months. I mean, I had a peak listener of 181 per episode and then it dropped down to like 10, 30. So it definitely changed, but that's not going to stop me because you know what? My message is for my create creation and my pleasure. This is a luxury and not a necessity out of life. So definitely, 
I just wanted to speak about podcasting in this segment. And we're going to move on to the next episode and um, or segment, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back again. So um, I... Hi, lately in my mail, I've been getting copies of Men's Health, and it's been addressed to a former resident, and I'm just like taking advantage of it. And I was looking at Men's Health, and I was looking at um, the June 2019 edition, where it, it has some interesting articles. And what I find mostly interesting about a men's magazine, there's mostly all female writers, but one particular um, segment out of this uh, magazine that I caught in the June edition um, really caught my eye. Um, and it's something that a lot of us do talk about. And the article's called The Problem with Knowing Too Much. Um, this is by Lauren Larson. It says, social media reveals a ton about the people you're dating. Here's how it affects your relationships. And I, I don't want to condone this only to relationships because the when I read the just of this article, uh, I feel like it leads into so much more an invasion of privacy. I feel that um, even when our devices are on, um, there's data constantly collected on our movements, our actions, our thoughts, our expressions, um, our purchases, our, our down moments, our high moments. And definitely there are businesses that are catering and benefiting off of that. And I have heard a lot of people complain about the social media, but if you really think about it, social media only exists because of participants and devices. So would social media be as popular without the iPhone or any Android device or in any Google device for that matter, or laptops, computers, iPads, tablets, any means, even Siri or uh, Alexa um, Xbox, PlayStation, um, any device that delivers to the wide world internet. Um, it definitely, it, it only exists by our participation and the value and by the masses of what they put in. So, I mean, it can be used for good or bad, but so I'm going to read some of this article and I really found it interesting. And it says this past winter, everyone I know watched the show called you. You is a sexy murder thriller about a stalker named Joe who uses social media to burrow into the lives of women he's obsessed with. That's the show becomes a Netflix phenomenon. It's not just especially surprising and giving affirmational sex and murder, but you also jolted some viewers into introspective spiral over the social media use. Joe's behavior crosses the line from innocence research to stalking pretty much quickly about 15 minutes into the show's plot. He masturbates in, in the bushes outside of his stalkies apartment, but at times the way Joe gathers data on his targets is unsettling or relatable. After watching the show, the one friend admitted that he was wondering whether his own social media you use crosses a line. I know a lot about my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, he said, like or a lot, a lot. I had my own introspective spiral few years ago when I caught myself watching videos of a man I'd met in on Bumble Play playing football 
in high school. As I scurried around in a field of my computer screen, little paddle blob indistinguishable from the other players except for an arrow that followed him around. I asked myself, how did I get here? I felt like I did set out for the grocery store and gotten lost in, in thoughts and accidentally walked into someone else's home. It had started innocently as a woman was walking or making her way into the dating apps. I could usually justify more innovative research as for my own safety. Often, I was just curious. The man had asked me out on a date, and I wanted to check. If he'd been truthfully about his height and profile, ordinarily, I would do this, do this by studying the arm-to-leg ratio in his picture. But he didn't have any full-body shorts. Frequently, college and high school athletes' sites report height. So one thing led to another, and, and before I knew, knew it, I'd spent 10 minutes watching a teen version of my date getting tackled. I had to watch it because it was there. When you catch yourself balls deep in someone's social media, it's soothing to tell yourself that everyone's compulsively gathers data on their partners, potential partners and former partners. But some people really are more likely to engage in interpersonal electronic surveillance. One study from 2013 when in on Facebook was still in its heyday. Explore the connection between surveillance and four different attachment styles. Your attachment style influences your actions within your relationship. I can identify with all four attachment styles depending on how many drinks. Here's how to tell if you're crossing the line. Number one, figure out your attachment style. The most boring attachment style is secure, is which you feel comfortable with yourself and your partner. Next is the dismissing style in which you think positively yourself, but negatively about your partner. The people in those groups have very low anxiety about their partners, which must be nice. There are fear, fearfuls and the preoccupied, pieds, I can't even pronounce that word. Well, anyway, there are nervous, shivering, Italian greyhounds of the attachment style spectrum. Fearfuls are uncomfortably intimate relationships because they are afraid of being hurt, while preoccupied are high anxiety because they fear rejection. In addition, preoccupied um, are low in avoidance, which is very kind scientific way to call someone extremely needy. Preoccupied are fearful and fearfuls also dabble more in the dark arts of partner surveillance according to the study and more likely to identify and create problems in the relationship, often aided and abetted by social media where a secure style partner might idly notice that her boyfriend had liked Emily Rajajowski's past three Instagram posts and take no action. Preoccupied might jump into the conclusions that her boy boyfriend is planning and immediately to leave her 
Emily Rajowski, the Emily Rajowski is both happily married and way, way out of her boyfriend's league will not occur in the preoccupied. Such is the power of seeing the evidence of his infidelity right before her eyes. Number two, figure out why you're looking. There's a big difference between me watching a stranger's football in real before a date, my friends dispassionately noting that his girlfriend's ex ran into an ultra marathon in 2011, and me feeling threatened by my partner's attraction to Emily Rajowski. Once one of those behaviors is harmless date gathering in a public domain, the other affecting the mood, and if it were to act on a suspicious by confronting my boyfriend could also affect a relationship. Another study is explained that on the six factors that separate normal social media use for the addictive kind, two are mood modification, meaning that your social media can affect your emotional state and conflict, which means your social media use is actually hurting your relationship. Boy, do I agree with that. Um, so I'm going to take a break from reading about that exactly. So what this article is, and I really, if you can find it on, like I said, it's men's health. It's the June edition. Um, and what I want to say about that is I understand. I think I've been in the past one of those people that's doing R&D research and development on who I was dating. You know, and they were doing that on me recently. Um, a business friend was telling me, Hey, I think you ought to cut out a lot of your crap on your Facebook and because you're revealing way too much. And I said to them, I said, So why are you looking me up? You know, I haven't looked anything up about you. And they were saying, Well, as a business advisor, I would suggest that you take a step back and look and evaluate what you're putting out. It could be used against you. Now they were trying to be friendly, but they were also presenting their fear. Now, whatever's on my Facebook is on my Facebook and it is private, but there are some things that you can see from the outside. There is no data on the internet that isn't totally secure and private. So we got to understand that first and foremost, whatever you put out there emotionally, logically, or whatever, it's going to be seen and anything can be used against you, but you cannot go into life with the fear of that. And, you know, I have single friends that have complained, you know, they're, dependency on using internet dating instead of actually using their natural skills in communication has drastically changed. Men are more, um, as explained to me by these females are more timid and a little bit more hesitant. You know, they want to know the facts and what's the easy target versus, you know, using their natural hunting skills. This can go into a broad, more, um, idea but I get the gist of what they were saying. And as far as couples are spent um, spending time on, you know, they sometimes your partner's doing research on you. You know, if I remember at a time, my girlfriend, um, she told me, I'm kicking you off my Facebook and I'm kicking you off my Instagram because I just don't like seeing what you like. 
And so my question was, I, I kind of got a little defensive and I was like, why are you taking that off? You know, we're a couple, we should be expressing. But the thing is, um, I was pissed off at first. I felt a little violated, but at the same time I was, it was a big wake up call. And here's my thing. If you're in a relationship, it does not give you exclusive rights to be able to tell your partner how they should and they shouldn't act. You're an adult, and, and this is for adult listeners. For the teen listeners, you're going to figure it out. But um, if you're offended by your partner not allowing you on Facebook and you're thinking that fearful thought, which has been said to me before, well, if you're not willing to share Facebook, you know, how do I know you're not being shysty? Well, you don't. You're going to have to be a better judge of character and what they express to you, how they live. You know, you can spot a liar a mile away if you just spend time noticing and listening. You know, um, it doesn't mean that you need to be inspector, whatever, of Scotland Yard and kind of going at like your partner, like, oh, I need to figure all this shit out before I really get invested. Because in reality, um, if you're not equipping yourself mentally with the right materials to find the correct partner, you're only feeding your fear and you're more than likely going to get involved with the wrong person. So introspectively, what this article is saying, not just about relationships, but even in business, how many times have you heard somebody getting fired because of something that they posted on the internet, even though it may have not publicly named an organization or their company they work for? One of the things I don't do, I do not list who I work for on any of my social media. And there's a good reason why, because I wish to protect my identity from those organizations and as well as protecting those organizations from any malice or hate, unless I outwardly say the company that I work for. Now I'll mention who I've worked for in the past. You know, but the more data that you give people, the more they can collect. And we shouldn't be living in a fearful age. You shouldn't have to be worried about what you say every single time you say it on the airwaves. Um, and this is what I kind of like about there's a few people and podcasters and friends that I surround myself in business that I really like and they're male figures. Um, I really enjoy those who are living unapologetically. Um and I think that I would like to create an episode on apology, um, but you know, to get down to it, what the purpose of apologies are. But I think that we're just overstating um, the position of an apology, and it affects our psyche in so many ways. And like I've said, in no more, Mister Nice Guy. Um, I feel like, like specifically from a male perspective. I think that we're encouraged to be softer, like being like a good little boy. And, you know, when an apology is due and your sincerity is there so that you don't make that mistake, a hundred percent agreeable. You should apologize. It doesn't make amends. And um, something that I learned off, I guess you could say the Jewish culture is, you know, when they say they don't believe in heaven necessarily, um, they believe in God, so to speak they don't um, put a destination according to their morals. You know, uh, their moral character does not determine always the course of action that they're going to take. It's the theory and the daily practices. Like 
you know, if you talk to a certain people and a certain crowd of people in a certain way, whether aggressive or kind or weak or passive, you know, every person's going to have a personal persuasion about their opinions. And, you know, you just got to understand that, you know, you cannot, you may have an idea of how you want to project yourself, but you do not have the capacity to assume of how every person's going to take it. So when the Jewish culture talked about, when I was starting to learn about them, um, and they really focus on making amends with your mistakes, I really like that to a, a certain degree because it's rectifying not so much the, just your fault or your choice, but it's acknowledging that you wish to move forward. And in a book uh, that I read, Forgiveness for Good, by I think it's by Dr. Atkins, but give me just a moment and I'll be able to tell you in just a second. Excuse me, it's let me redefine uh, that. It's called Forgive for Good, a proven prescription for health and happiness by Dr. Fred Luskin. This is actually a really great book. And so let me read just a couple things that, you know, that may help you in understanding the weight of being unapologetic and being understandive um, of what's being asked, what's being said, um, how you deliver an apology, how you can deliver a sincerity to go forward. And that, that's the key is, can you go forward? So let me read to you a couple things that he wrote, um, what forgiveness is not. He says, forgiveness is not condoning unkindness and forgiveness is not forgetting that something painful happened. So when you cause somebody pain, um, to what point do you, can you understand? Can you make amends for the action? So yeah, I really do think about that. Um, forgiveness is not excusing poor behavior and it does not have to be out otherworldly or religious experience. How many times have you been told or trained, like according to the religion you've been a part of that, or you've been raised around that you have to forgive, but never knowing the real definition in your internal person of forgiveness and forgiveness is not denying or minimizing your hurt. Forgiveness does not mean reconciling with the offender. Um, you know, sometimes the offender is just like they made the mistake, you know, and the thing is, is you really got to recognize to go forward, but how this all relates to this article, um, like I was reading is, you know, when people are collecting data on you and they're trying to make sure that you're the best choice for them, like you're the most optimal mentally aware and healthy person as well as physically attractive person. Um, what this article was really saying was, is the qualifiers that you get into. And if you have an unforgivable behavior in your past, should you be continually judged in your present and your future? Well, this is where I believe the unapologetic personalities come into play. Um, those who hold the shame and the consequence over their head that maybe you offended someone or you hurt someone in your past does not mean that you're going to hurt someone later on. 
And I remember like something, um, one time my sister said to me, she was like saying, she's all one, once you're a cheater, you're always a cheater. I completely deny and I object to that because, um, what got into that theory was someone afraid just because like, do you have to ask yourself if you say like, you're like me in your forties, do you act the same way when you were 21? Some people might say yes. And some people, a lot of people may say, no, no, you're not making those same decisions. The value of your relationships back then may be different. So how does that apply outside of relationships is just like when you're going for a job interview, um, when employers are researching you, did you act like a jackass in your twenties and thirties? Now you're in your forties. You're supposed to be immature. You're supposed to be immature. It's kind of like written in stone and people can, you know, ridicule you for maybe your position. Maybe you signify. And like me, I, I tend to agree with a lot more men, a male perspective than I do female. And, but in my past I did, I, I guess I'd have to say I agreed with more of the female perspective perspective, but it was all according to my programming and influence. I was raised around a lot of women. So when I started finding my own identity about men, my value system drastically changed. And I started, you know, there was things that I could not understand about my experience as a man, you know, like I was telling you, you know, I was trained, be a good boy, respect women, don't disrespect. And of course you want to do that, but how do you teach a boy to have temperance and patience as a male, as a man? Women can't teach you that. And I highly encourage all you single mothers out there that are, you know, mothers to boys, involve your boy in mentorship by men. You can find it. And I know it's going to be hard because you don't want them to be a certain way, but you want your, your boy to become a man, to be a provider, a self-seeker, um, one who's not dependent on mom to be able to give the permission provisions of, of life. You know, how many times, I mean, yeah, I've, I've cried to my mom, you know, and my mom has listened to me and, and there was times she gave me wisdom and there was other times that she gave me some very in, you know, not valuable information coming from a female perspective made me feel like I, I was the asshole and when in the situation at the time I wasn't. So when I talked to my father about the same thing, my father, who really hasn't been a part of my life up until my thirties, but my father gave me some sound advice. My dad would say, look, son, not everything is meant to be understood. Not everything can you fix. Sometimes by adjudicating or getting into the action of things doesn't mean that you're going to find a conclusion that you're going to be able to accept to the other party. You've got to look at what makes you a productive man. And maybe your best decision is to stay silent and observe. And, you know, when my dad said that, I was really thinking about, you know, wow, that is very introspective, you know, and I remember in my teachings of the Bible, sometimes it would say like in Proverbs, you know, a man should be a little hesitant to speak about things because, and this is not toward anything against towards women. Um, he's like, sometimes the gossip hurts more. I mean, we have to understand the design of each gender. Men are mechanical and methodical. Women are emotional 
and they they explore and you need to value really both the experiences. Like for me, when I'm most frustrated and stressed, the best thing that I could ever do for myself if I'm mentally stressed is go do something physical. Go do something that it doesn't take much thought, that can distract me, that can relieve me. And yeah, sometimes it takes substances like cannabis or CBDs or CBD oils or or smoking weed or or, or having a drink or meditating. It, whatever means you use as a man, it, it really needs to be in a perspective of can you function the next moment or evolution of what you're going to deal with. So um, this problem of knowing too much, I, I feel like when you're researching no matter what it is, you got to be in the perspective of, you know, what is the extreme red flags and dangers of the situation and what are the healthy things and the things that I definitely could deal with. And it, that also comes down to acceptance. So, um, you know, sorry, I get a little off track, but at times, but I'm trying to hone it all in. And that's part of my, my personality habits that I, as I'm doing as a podcaster. So, um, you know, when I watched that movie, Joe, or you, excuse me, and it was really weird. And it's like, if you don't watch it, men and women can do the same exact thing. I've seen women who, who've judged guys so harshly when it would have been a perfect fit for them. He compliments them. He works with them, you know, but they're still expecting Superman beefcake or whatever and thinking, or what's the guy's name from the movie Notebook? Um, maybe is it Joe or whatever? I don't know. Ryan Gosling is the is the actor. But in <laughs> I've heard, I remember one of my girlfriends at the time, she was like, oh, I want you to be like the guy in Notebook. I mean, I'm all Ryan Gosling. I'm all, he was fucked up for a while. He gave up on love. And it's like, it doesn't always end up to be a fairy tale. What's the fairy tale that we're living? What's the reality that we have? Am I providing what you need? Understand in dating or business or friends, the company you keep de is determined on what you accept, what you live with, where you're going to go with it. Me, I'm starting to surround myself with successful people. doesn't mean that I can't be around poor people or um, people that are not as maybe intellectually uh, trained because I find street wisdom a lot of times is more valuable than whatever you can find in a book, you know, but that's a public relation. That's a communication aspect. And when we're over communicating through social media, even here on podcasting, the data collected on you, you got to not let the fear live within your persona. Too many people are afraid to ask. I was re reading on a, on a men's group yesterday on Facebook. I think it's called the Order of Iron. And this one guy was explaining. He was like, oh, I've been in a marriage for five years. And my wife now wants a divorce. But then she feels bad. And she wants to work the marriage out. But I got to move out. Well, you know, it goes back to Jack Canfield's formula. Event plus response equals outcome. My response to that guy was, are you accountable for every single choice and action that you've made in your marriage? Did you present something in the beginning 
so that your wife who accepted the marriage proposal to believe this is who you are, this is what I'm worth settling on for a lifetime. And people throw away marriages and divorces and, and they go into, or they go into marriages and divorces blindly, you know, so it causes these people to do so much R and D. And the thing is, it's like, are you really paying attention to how you're acting and what you're selling? You know, number one thing I don't do with, in my relationship is I don't promise the world. I do not promise the fairy tale. I don't promise that I'm some extraordinary man. I am a man, period. I have my faults and I have my pluses. I'm confident of who I am and where I'm living and what I do. But I'm always aiming to keep an open perspective to developing my person to be better. So, um, you know, and it's just like, it just reminds me um, out of the Bible, you know, he without sin may cast the first stone. And that's really talking about our judgments. So when we use our devices to research about people, um, I really think that it can do more harm than good at, at quite a few times because what you see in pictures may not always be the truth. You know, some people post some fucked up shit, you know, they, they post some really idiotic behavior, especially if they're drunk or they're high, you know, or they're just being stupid. Sometimes we got to be irrational. Sometimes you got to be immature because maybe the constraints that makes you mature really harm you, you know, and it's not your personality. Like I was talking to a friend on Sunday about how you act at work is different from how you act at home. What you act together unanimously is really what you should be judged on or, or understood on. But people don't want to look at that. Well, I'm going to stop right here. And, um, you know, I, I think this was a finish to a great episode. So thank you all for listening to this segment called The Problem with Knowing Too Much. And it's a great article out of Men's Journal. And I highly suggest checking and reading it out. So uh, thanks for listening to me on this segment. Okay, next thing up on Variety episode 34, we we talked I spent a good 30 minutes talking about um some uh interpersonal developments and um now I want to talk about uh people who allow things that shouldn't be in their life. You know, acceptance is a big deal and one of the things I'm trying to teach my kids is self-acceptance before others. You know, when you accept yourself before another person, um, that it's way more important because when you put your emotions in somebody else's hands, you are really playing with fire and it really can drastically affect you. Um, as I've been learning about attachment parenting, um, call, um, there was this book by Robert, um, I think it's Robert Gouvet or Dr. Gavay out of Canada. He talks about, you know, the creation of your dependencies and attachments is based on, you know, how your parents were there for you. And hold on one second. I got to shut my door before anyone else comes in and interrupts me. Sorry about that. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things where 
Um, I feel strongly that if you didn't have an attachment to your mother or your father or, or a parental parental figure, you're going to be definitely fighting with some discrepancies in your life. So self-acceptance is one of the biggest keys. And if you can teach yourself as an adult that, you know, through all the travesties that you've ever been through or experience, um, I feel that you can go a lot much more further. And I see the, the people that are really succeeding in life and selling success in a book, a program, speaking engagement, the one key ingredient that they have is who they are while they're doing. Now, sounds easy enough, right? But have you ever changed your language to cater to another situation or to fit in? I've done it all the time. doesn't matter. I, I look to get me what's going to get me results. But it's I've talked about this before. When you are not engaged in shame, that's a bigger, more broader key. So just think about that for a minute. You know, what do you accept about yourself before others? Well, that's all the time I have for Good Vibes at Jason B. on Broad Minds and More Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Variety Episode 34. I greatly appreciate it for all your involvement. A special shout outs to the Fried Oreo, PDE, Ali Moon. Um, Lupus Warrior, the guru. These are all personalities on in the podcasting realm of Anchor. They're also on Spotify, so you can find them on Spotify as well as Apple Podcast. Um, and there's much, much more. Um, was it Creative Hues by Carly? Um, Cyber Shots, man. I've definitely been listening to you. Um, there's a personality that I've been revisiting. Um, I've been revisiting Kevin touch. I saw him on Instagram and I saw, you know, he's, he's, he's a good guy, young guy who's developing, has a good heart on things. And, uh, I just been checking out his material. Uh, Maria Humphreys, I've definitely been checking you out on Instagram and your travels to Croatia. Um, you know, and then there's the, I, like I said, I've been really enjoying this, um, podcast called the order of men or order of iron. I think that's what it's called. And, uh, it's talking specifically to men and how to develop our better personalities as men, um, to becoming better leaders, more effective people in society. Well, that's all the time I have. You all have a great day and we'll see you next time or hear, <laughs> listen to you next time. Hey everybody, I'm uh, making an addition to Variety episode 34. So I am looking for a bi-weekly co-host. If you are interested in being a co-host to talk about a variety of, of issues, episodes, topics, and you're interested in being a, a partner in, in uh, podcasting, um, I'm definitely looking for someone who has an interest. Um, you have to have no experience. You just have to be comfortable and getting on the airways and recording. Um, basically, what I'm going to be doing is taking advantage of the Skype um, app and recording over the phone line because the record with friends, um, it has some issues. It's a good, good product, but um, I need something more dedicated and reliable. So if you are interested in being a co-host on a weekly podcasting show, um, please contact me at goodvibesjasonb at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail here on anchor.fm 
I'm always looking for interesting people to talk with. Um, I'm looking to interview different people from a broad spectrum. We're going to really change up things on Good Vibes at Jason B. Broadlines and more podcasts. So if you'd like to try out podcasting and, you know, um, just to be able to talk, you know, you're one of those personalities that can talk. Um, Podcasting may be for you. So looking for someone who's interested. All right. Well, thanks. Have a great day.